Um, uh, it's good to be prayed for. Um, it's good. Um, I don't know what. You, um, uh, it's good to be prayed for. Uh, it's good. Um, I don't know what your Sunday morning looks like, um, but uh, I do know that um, when we wake up, I don't know. Some of you may be holier than me, and so you don't check your phone or the news feed in the morning. Uh, but I try to do this so I know what we're coming into um, here, and uh, just hearing that that heartbreaking news in Florida, uh, at least 50 uh, dead in a nightclub shooting, um, and we just want to be continuing to pray for, for them. So it's good to be here. I'm glad that on a morning like that we get to come to church. Amen. Um, uh, youth, I see you're waiting. Go ahead out. If you're in grades 5 through 12, your leaders are going to meet you by the doors. You can go ahead out there. Thanks for being in here with us. Um, it's, uh, I'm glad that you're here in church this morning. Obviously, as we head into summer, uh, things do look a little bit different, but there's some graduates here this morning. Um, we're uh, thankful. Congratulations to you once again, parents that are visiting uh, for those graduations, and job uh, well done. We're glad that you can spend this morning. I uh, already met some new people here. Uh, this is a great time to, to be new in discovery and to, uh, to, to get connected. Um, we want, as we go into summer, have some special uh, connecting times. Hey, we're here not only to show up and pray, but we're here to celebrate what God's done. Uh, last week, we had some baptisms, uh, five people that were baptized, Lars, Marcy, Craig, Emmy, uh, and Diana, um, celebrating God's work in their lives. Uh, we're celebrating that generosity offering that uh, James told us about earlier. Uh, the generosity has even notified us some more offering that came in this morning. Um, and and again, we talked about this getting into the generosity. As we give outwardly, we trust that God is going to uh, meet our needs. And I think one of those exciting things is as we have given outwardly, as I had the joy of talking to some of those people that we're, we're blessing, I'd also see gifts come up to build up the church as we get ready to head into summer um, and giving towards that. We're excited about the missions that are going on. We're celebrating what God has done. We're looking forward to what he wants to do uh, this summer. It's going to be a great summer here in Discovery, I think. Um, some of the things that are going on, uh, summer communities. Uh, we recognize there's new people coming in here. We know that there's people that have been here that haven't been able to connect yet. And so we're doing some things. There's going to be opportunities um, like every Wednesday at the farmer's market, opportunities to connect. Uh, every uh, Wednesday at Water Park in, in Woodland, opportunities to connect. Every, every week those things are happening. There'll be more opportunities. We just want to encourage you to find ways uh, to connect. Um, even on Sundays, we know as we've gathered together here, we say, hey, let's take most advantage of this. Uh, on the way out today, we're going to have the grills going. We're going to have some hot dogs uh, on the grill. Um, we're going to have some watermelon, things like that. So just hang out. Don't rush out of church. Your worship doesn't have to end with the closing song. Um, hey, uh, stick around. Grab a hot dog. They're free. I always say you got to eat lunch, right? So um, we're just going to do some things like that on Sundays uh, throughout this summer just to kind of linger around, connect, um, get to know some people. Kids, if you have kids, if you're a parent, uh, our kids are going to be doing some neat things in the back. They have a summer Friends Day. You say, well, I don't know what that really means. Um, we're going to keep you updated on what those things mean, um, how our kids are connecting. Now, and also I want you to know we're going to have uh, a summer reading plan. Okay, you want to get into your Bible. Uh, we love to get into our Bible here. So summer reading plan, we're calling it Summer in the Psalms. You may be familiar with Psalm 23. It says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. That sounds good to you right now. Uh, that's what the Psalms are about. Get an honest, 
hearing from the Lord, getting honest before the Lord, uh, and allowing him to lead us. So uh, we hope that um, the Psalms this summer will minister to your heart. So on your app, it's this easy, that wherever you have your phone, your device, or whatever, uh, just click on the Bible on that app, and it has the reading plan day by day, every day, a Psalm or two uh, that you can read through. And then here on Sundays, we're uh, starting our summer sermon series uh, this morning. I'm super excited about it. It's called Water from a Deep Well. Okay, we're going to talk a lot about water here uh, this uh, summer because it has that feeling, especially in dry, hot California, uh, just refreshing. The Bible talks a lot about water and refreshing. And and I'll be honest with you, uh, this series is very personal for me. Um, and I believe that God wants us, uh, that's personal for us from God this summer as well too. Because oh, one thing I have learned, and I know you know this too, um, is that as we pour ourselves out, okay, if you're parents and you have poured yourselves out, if you're in your workplace and you're, you're trying to, to work well, you're pouring yourself out, uh, that we end up feeling dry over a time. As you do ministry, as as you give generously, we pour ourselves out. Here's what we know about our God. God is unlimited. He is the source of all things. And so God's reservoir never dries up. But what we know about ourselves is that ours does. And so as we pour ourselves out, if we're not being refilled and refilled and refilled by the source of all good things, we end up dry and weary parched, angry, grumpy, go on with all these things that it looks like. And sometimes we feel like, I just can't give anymore. And so what we want to do this summer is to go back to the source and and to be refreshed. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, he said this, and this verse is on your notes this morning. John chapter 7, Jesus stood up and he cried out and he says, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Jesus said to us, as we feel parched and dry and weary, he said, come to me. If you're thirsty and in need, I'm going to give you drink. And so much drink, in fact, that it's going to pour out of you, overflowing. Now, the verse continues and says, now he was talking about the Holy Spirit. That he hadn't yet given, but that those who believe will receive. And so really, when it comes to coming to Jesus, what we get filled up with is Jesus and his spirit and his powerful presence by being met by him. And so sometimes we may say, well, I get what it is to go to the water fountain and get a drink of water. But what does it look like to come to Jesus? And that's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about uh, the disciplines, the spiritual disciplines. We understand the idea of disciplines. Disciplines are those things that we do that um, help us to do what we cannot do right now. For example, uh, it is a discipline. If I want to run a marathon, there's no way I can run a marathon. But if I maybe run a little bit today and a little bit more tomorrow, eventually I may be able to run that race. If you play baseball, you know the idea of baseball players, those hitters, they stand up at the tee and they take swing after swing after swing. So when the big moment comes in the game, that then they can connect. If you're musical, you know the end goal is not to be able to play scales, but it's the discipline that gets you there. And so spiritual disciplines that we're going to talk about are, are those activities 
that enable us to do what maybe even right now we say, I don't know even how to do that. I'm not experiencing that. These disciplines put us in the place to come to Jesus, to, to drink heavily, to be refilled, to be replenished by his spirit. So these spiritual disciplines, the activities enable us to experience the power and the presence and the transformation that comes in our lives only through Jesus Christ. Now, I want us to remember as we kind of kick off this series, disciplines are not the end goal. So these spiritual disciplines, like reading the Bible, that's not the end goal, but it's to experience Jesus and God's word for your life through that discipline. Prayer in itself is not the end goal. Did I spend five minutes in prayer today? That doesn't make you a, a better Christian. No, it's putting ourselves in a place to hear from God, to receive from him, to talk to him, to pour ourselves out before him. This is the point of the disciplines. Maybe you've been in church a while, you've heard of these things. Maybe you're brand new to it all. So we hope that through this process that you will be refilled not just by an activity, but by Jesus as we walk through these activities. We'll talk about some disciplines like being in the Word, uh, reading our Bibles, spending time in prayer, coming to church to worship you may be familiar with. Next week, we're going to continue by talking about Sabbath rest, something that has been largely forgotten, certainly by our culture, but also by the church of how we rest well and how it's a discipline where God meets us. We'll talk about fasting, celebration, thanksgiving, some things like that that I pray would be helpful for us all. Lord God, as we enter into this series, I pray that you would be with us, especially those of us who are feeling dry, who feel like we have poured ourselves off, that we are on fumes, that we're barely getting it done Jesus, I pray that you would meet us where we are, that you would lead us beside still waters to experience your peace, to experience your goodness. And God, I pray that throughout this summer, as the heat beats down on us, as our reservoirs dry up, we would be reminded that there is a source that never dries up and that we can come to you and drink heavily. Jesus, lead your people. In your name, amen. So um, about a week and a half ago, um, I went to my son's uh, baseball game. Um, it was the typical exciting eight-year-old baseball game, um, which was actually quite exciting on this day and caused us to linger for hours in the celebration of, you know, kind of snack bar, hot dogs and ice cream cones, things like that. Um, and then when we arrived home that evening after uh, much excitement, um, my family arrived home before I did, uh, and I was greeted when I pulled up to my young daughters running out of the house saying, Daddy, Daddy, come quick. Mommy needs you. There's water everywhere. Now, my kids sometimes do that because they're playing a joke. They want to jump behind the door or something, so I wasn't sure what to do, but certainly as I entered the front door and I saw the water flowing through the house, I knew it was not a joke. And I followed that water to the source, which went all the way into our bedroom and into our bathroom. And uh, you see what had happened was one of my darling kids had um, done her business in the toilet beforehand. And it was clogged and it was overflowing and I will not get any more vivid than that. But there were streams of water flowing in our house. 
And uh, we immediately went, like I usually do, kind of into crisis mode, kind of get everything out, get the wet vacs going, this and that. And I thought, well, we'll probably get some new flooring and that will be it. But um, thankfully, somebody pointed out to me that when there are uh, different categories to this flooding, that category is serious business. And uh, so we had the people come out and uh, long story short, uh, my family uh, is out of our home. Um, our bedroom and our bathroom are literally torn apart. Um, drywall pulled out. Half our house actually is pulled apart. We are displaced in a hotel, all kinds of upheaval at home. In the end, we praise God for our homeowner's insurance and all will uh, be well in the end. Um, but just in case you're following this story, um, it is... This is not a story about streams of living water flowing um, because uh, that is not the type of water you want flowing. No, this uh, is a story about what we experience in the aftermath of that, and that is uh, something we call community. Uh, Community are those relationships, the way we define it here, those relationships uh, that are centered in Christ, that, that we are the body of Christ, the relationships we have Yeah, with other people, but also with uh, those in the family of God. And I'll tell you, I was reminded in the aftermath of this incident, and still am today, uh, how we come to one another's side to help, to support. I knew that I could pick up the phone and make some phone calls, not only with the physical help, but but also uh, with the emotional help with the tiredness that comes, with, to be quite honest with you, some of the spiritual help that is needed as you're going through circumstances like that. And this is a story about community. I'm amazed at the level of care that we can have for one another and the way that we can help one another. It reminds me of our scripture for today in the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, which is written by wise King Solomon at the end of his age as he looked back and he gave some wisdom to God's people. Ecclesiastes 4, beginning in verse 9, says, Two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone, when he falls and has not another to lift him up. Again, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. If they fall, one will lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone. Time and time again in my life, I've experienced this. The reality that we need each other. That life is better that we, when we are together. And in fact, that it is God's design that we would not walk this world alone. One day or another, we will experience a crisis most of us already have in our life, and we have a choice in that. Either we are together or we are alone. Now, there's something very special that comes from God's community, and what uh, I want us to understand is that though we often talk about community, friendships, relationships, uh, the goodness that it is as a wonderful gift of God's grace... The reality is community is more than simply a gift that we enjoy. It is also a discipline that we must cultivate. Because sometimes in this this picture of 
God's grace, God sometimes pours out himself in ways that we cannot, uh, can, that we cannot fathom, that he just rains down his grace. Other times we need to do a little bit of digging, that God calls us to walk uh, a little bit more and cultivate in these disciplines. Community is a discipline that we need to cultivate so that when that day comes, we have somebody to pick up the phone and call, that we have somebody who is there at our doorstep, that we have somebody ready to encourage us. And so today is about talking about how it is that we cultivate community, wherever you are. Some of you uh, have been part and you say, yeah, I experienced that community. Some of you are saying, I've never experienced that in my life. In fact, I've been part of the church and I've never experienced that. I've never had somebody show up to care and to help me. Some of you maybe put yourself out there and it didn't go all that well. Maybe some of you are, are brand new and you just feel alone and you need somebody to walk alongside you. There are a lot of reasons that we might walk alone in our journey with God. And I, I want to give you just a few ideas of what is it about us that sometimes we don't do community well. What is it? Number one I'll give you is this, naivety. Now, we don't like being called naive, and so I'm not trying to offend anybody here. But the reality is you may not know that community is absolutely part of your life that God has for you. You may not know how important it is uh, in following Jesus that you have other people alongside of you. Or you may think that you can walk in this life by yourself. You may say, I'm an independent guy. I'm a lone ranger. I can get things done. I'm Superman. This past week, we mourned the loss of the boxer Muhammad Ali, and there's a famous story. Nobody really knows if it's true or actually happened or not, but you've heard this. I'll tell it to you again. The story goes like this. Muhammad Ali was in an airplane flying to get somewhere, and the flight attendant came to him and said, uh, Mr. Ali, you need to put on your seatbelt. And Muhammad Ali said, Superman don't need any seatbelt. And to that, the flight attendant responded and said, well, Superman don't need an airplane neither, but <laughs> please put on your seatbelt. Now, I suffer from a Superman complex. Many of you might as well, too, thinking we can just try harder and we can get it done. We are an industrious people that can get lots of things done, but you cannot walk and follow Christ and walk through in a way that honors him all these crises in our lives on your own. You need other people alongside. And so part of this is understanding that we are meant for community. God created us for a relationship with him and with others. Sin has broken that all apart, but that doesn't mean we abandon what God has for us in the good life that he has for us. Otherwise, we may find like the man in Ecclesiastes, woe to him who is alone. Secondly, one of the reasons we might walk alone is that uh, we have a temperament or personality that's not all that people-oriented. I mean, maybe you would say, okay, kind of on Myers-Briggs or, or whatever kind of temperament thing you may do is, I'm just not a people person. I, I'm more introverted. Okay, I, oh, we have all these gatherings, church in the park. That's great for those people who love uh, talking for hours. You know, I just want to get in. I want to sit in a dark seat. I want to praise Jesus, and I want to go home. Okay, and so, oh, but here's what I want to do. I want to free you. I want to free, if you're of that temperament, uh, to know, you know what, that's my natural temperament. When things really get tough, 
You know what I want to do? I want to put my head down, spend some time alone to myself. That's my natural temperament. But God has shown me that we are created to be with one another. But I want to free, if that's your temperament, don't feel like you have to be this bubbly, Christian, charismatic person. God has created you just as you are. But just as you are, you still need one, two, three others. You need to walk in community. So I just kind of want to free you to pursue who you are, but also to pursue community. Thirdly, we might walk this journey alone out of fear. Fear for some reason. Fear, I don't want to show up to a discovery group because I'm going to go to somebody's house. I'm going to knock on the door. What are they? They're going to be sitting in a circle waiting for me to show up and want to pray for my deep, dark sins. Like, what's it going to be there? And uh, so we get fear. Of, we don't know what it would look like. Or we get fearful because somebody might really know us. Somebody might know what I've walked through, where I've been, where I currently still am. But the reality is, let me tell you this, most of us here, if you're going through it, somebody else has gone through it. And we acknowledge that we are all broken. We all go through stuff. We all mess up. That's why we're here for each other. We don't have to fear being known when we know the gospel of Jesus. As he calls us just as we are, and he says, now follow me. We're all in that process together. We may even have fear of past experiences. Maybe you were in another church. Maybe you were even in this church. And you showed up to a group. We're not perfect people. And so you were let down. You were promised something and you didn't receive it. And so you say, rather than getting healing for that, our response tends to be, you know what, I'm just not going to let that happen to me again. And so we never open ourselves to what God may have for us if we could actually get healing in Jesus Christ. So we have fears. Finally, the, the final one I want to get in, this keeps us from a lot in our walk with Christ. Uh, you could probably guess what it is, but it's number four, busyness. We are too busy for real deep community. We just are. We don't have time. We settle for a shallow pool rather than deep springs of life. So many of us have community, superficial community, in lots of different places. With the baseball team, with the running club, with the school. The difference about Christ-centered community is that if we really want to follow Jesus, we're not just about relationships with one another and helping one another through. We're about following Jesus and spurring one another on together. And we are busy, busy people, all kinds of activities. But what I would challenge you to, in the midst of that busyness, realize community will take sacrifice, but it is well, well worth it. What is it, as you look at that list, things that are maybe keeping you from community? Maybe you have something else to add to the list. Just think about what is keeping you from experiencing what God has for you in community. Because in the end, what I believe is we all want it. Um, I think you would agree with the things that we've said so far. Um, I think we understand it, and in the end, we, we really want this. I think our culture wants community. Bridget said it earlier that Davis is a great place for community. It's people pursuing community of all sorts. Um, there was, some of you will remember this, there was a, a sitcom by the name of Cheers uh, years ago. 
And uh, if you're younger, you may not understand, but it was about uh, a bunch of people that gathered together uh, in the bar, and it wasn't what they ate, it wasn't about what they drank, but it was about the people. And they had a theme song, and and I'll read it to you so you don't have to hear me sing it to you. Uh, It says, making your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name, and they're always glad you came. You want to be where you can see our troubles are all the same. You want to go where everybody knows your name. I think the unfortunate thing is that it was written about a bar (laughs) and not the church. As many of us would say, the reason that we show up is that we do believe that there is a God who wants to meet us where we are, that did create us, that loves us, and wants to provide for us. And we know and we realize that God designed his church to be a place where physically and practically we are those open arms of Christ. But too often we see that's not the case. And if we are to be that community, it doesn't take a sermon It doesn't take a few leaders. It takes that community showing up to receive and to give, to both share needs and to meet needs. And this is the community that if we are to call ourselves a Christ-centered church, that we are to be. A place where we know one another, where we share our troubles, where we meet those needs. And that is where community becomes a discipline for us. Where, yes, sometimes God will just overwhelmingly bless us with community. Other times, we need to take steps to get there. So if uh, part of our problem is we're kind of naive, we don't understand, God has given us his direction to learn what community is, what God has laid out community to be so that we understand. That we understand we are not independent. We are dependent first on Christ and then on one another. And to realize that God has instructed us to all these one another's he tells us to do, to love one another, care for one another, pray for one another, serve one another, humbly submit to one another, goes on and on. So if we're feeling kind of naive and lack understanding, we get it in God's word. If our temperament is such that maybe we're not people, people, we need to find what does community look like for me? I know that we may say, well, I just don't do that part of church. No, it's not just part of church community. It is the life that God has called for us, both now on earth and into eternity. So what does it look like for you? It takes a little bit more thinking. What does community look like if your temperament doesn't lend yourself to it? Fear, any of those fears that you're feeling, that's where the gospel comes in and brings healing. That's where the gospel comes in and starts to let us let our guard down a little bit to take those steps. If we're busy, sometimes we just need to realize that we need to sacrifice some good if we want what God has for us. And this summer, I know our schedules will be filled with vacations, lots of events. Here's a church we try not to overload with events, but just to give opportunities that we can step forward in hopes that no matter where you're at, you may take some steps forward in cultivating a discipline of community. So when you go to a meeting, when you go to 
a time in the farmer's market. It's about cultivating community, seeing what God may have, because we will all have that day. We will all have that day. The day when we lose someone we love, the day when we're empty and we don't know where to turn, where we're wandering, where our marriage is on the rocks, where our parenting is not working out. We'll all have that day. On that day, who can you turn to? What would that look like? How will you be available to somebody else? I just want to end by kind of giving us a look at what the difference of community can be what it is that we should expect to experience. And number one, I've already talked about this, it's care, it's help, it's support in our times of need. We show up and we need to be cared and loved on. And I'll be honest with you, as we've grown as a church, we haven't always done this well. We haven't always cared well, and it's going to take us coming together to say, what does it look like to love and to care and to serve one another like Jesus called us to? And so as a church, we're going to address some of those things, some of what we've done by creating our care team, by designating Amory Bisson as a deacon of, of care, um, have to do with that, by seeing our prayer ministry grow, I have to do with making us more caring. But it's not just what's happening at the top. In our groups, as we meet one another on Sunday morning, uh, just how we care for one another. Are we sharing needs and are we meeting needs? Because community should make that difference in our lives. And I'll tell you, Maybe we're not sharing that story about people showing up to help. You may say, yeah, sure, pastor. They show up to help you. My hope, my heart would be that every person that comes to the church in need, no matter what the need, would receive the same kind of love, the same kind of help, the same kind of care. No matter how they look, no matter what their circumstances, that we would be able to show up and this would be a place where needs are met. We're not there right now, church. We need to grow in that. You are part of being that community. Secondly, the difference community can make in your life is protection. 1 Peter 5, 8 says that we have an enemy who prowls around like a roaring lion looking for who he can devour. Ever watch National Geographic? And they pan out and they show the lone gazelle on the prairie. The lion going after the one that is alone. Same for us. If you are alone, you are not safe. I'll say that again. If you are alone, you are not safe. We have an enemy that wants to take you out. And if right now there are secrets in your life, if right now there are struggles that you're going through, and nobody else knows about them, you are not safe. Your marriage is at risk. Your children are at risk. Your walk with the Lord is at risk. Your ministry is at risk. I'll tell you quite frankly and honestly, over my 10 years as a pastor, if I did not have brothers that I could share everything with, that I had cultivated that level of community, I don't know that I would be sitting here today. In fact, I would bet against it. That's me, but what about you? Do you have somebody in your life? It doesn't happen overnight that you get that trusted person. It doesn't just appear out of the sky. It takes stepping forward to have a hot dog after church, to meet some new people, 
to see where God would build that relationship. It takes showing up to a group, taking a risk, sharing who you are, and seeing what God does. Thirdly, encouragement. Hebrews 3.13 says, we are to encourage one another daily as long as it is called today. Every day encourage one another because otherwise we could be hardened by this world. We could be fearful in this world, but Jesus gives us much hope in the midst of fearful times. We have a hope that lasts on into eternity. We are to encourage one another in that hope. Speak words of encouragement into each other's life. If you don't have somebody speaking words of encouragement into your life, it's time that you start cultivating that. If you are not speaking words of encouragement into somebody's life, it's time you start cultivating that. And when the Holy Spirit lays somebody on your heart, you reach out and you encourage them. You send the email, you send the text. You come alongside them when they're down and you can tell that you lift them up because that's what Christ has called us to. Finally, discipleship. We talk a lot about discipleship here. Again, I think the big difference between the church and your neighbor that can come over and wet back your carpet is that in the church, we know where we want to walk. And we want to walk after Jesus, following him. And the church, we are the ones that spur one another on to follow Jesus every day and experience the life that we get from him. And so we're on a pathway here to continuing to grow as deeper community. We're not there yet. But my prayer for this summer and what we are praying about is that we will all take steps, that this summer will be a summer of opportunities. Some of you are brand new. You walked into this church on this Sunday morning. You're checking things out. And you're welcome. Sit in the seats. Check it out. We understand that. Ask your questions. Go home. Talk about what you experienced here. But then come back and think about what the steps towards community are. Maybe even take those steps today. Fill in out that connection card so somebody can follow up with you. See what we have to offer. Again, grab a hot dog or a slice of watermelon on the way out today. That's what it's there for. Some of you have been around here for a while, but you really haven't connected. You haven't been a part of a group for whatever reason. You haven't taken those steps to connect them. That's why we have these communities over the summer. We, we know sometimes it's hard. It's a big step to show up at somebody's home. And in fact, church people uh, are probably the, some of the few that do that in our culture. So if you're not a church person, that seems very weird to you. We recognize that. So that's why we're gathering in farmer's market where you can just go, you know, you can just, if we look weird, you know, just give a wave or keep walking, <laughs> you know, you can do that. Just check it out from a distance. You know, you can go have your kids play in the water park, things like that that are, that are coming up. You'll hear more of those opportunities, but take those steps. If you've been here for a while and you've experienced community, this is a great summer for you to give that to somebody else to be the welcoming hand. Chances are, if you're still here, at some point, somebody welcomed you in, gave you a smile. That's your role now. And we're not trying to overload our schedules with this. We're doing it in the context of what God has called us to be here. Today, I would simply ask you, what step can you take today to experience all that God has for you in community? What small step can you take today because you, you see, it's not just about eating a hot dog, but it's a step that you take to finding the community that God has for you.
How will you connect with the community of God's people so that you will experience the power and the presence and the transformation that comes in Christ alone? How will you experience? How will they experience? How is it that we'll experience deeper community together? Because God wants to do something in the community of his people. He doesn't want us to walk alone. He's called us to walk together. That's why we're here. Jesus, I'm thankful that you're God, that you meet us where we are. That Jesus, you spoke to the sinners when you walked on the earth. And you welcomed them to be part of your community. Jesus, you spoke to the large crowds and you invited them to to come and to be a part of a community centered on you. Jesus, we still want to be that today. God, I pray for this summer that we would do well at creating environments where not only those of us who are here right now, but those that will come will have the opportunity to connect, to experience you first, Jesus, and then this community that is your people. Jesus, I pray that you would help us to grow as a community where we have failed, we confess our sin, we repent, and we want to be who you've called us to be. And God, for each one of us, I pray that you would give us the courage, that you would give us the courage to address the fears that we have, to grow in an understanding of what you have for us, to know steps that we can take. God, I pray for those who have had wounded past experiences in community, that Jesus, that you would be their healer, that today would be a time where they see you, Jesus, and that you have good things for them. And Jesus, that you brought them here today and you're leading them to take a step, help them to know what that is and give them the courage to do it. God, for those who are new here, I'm so glad, God, that you brought them to a place a place where they can hear about you, a place where they can be part of our community. God, for those of us who have been here and would say, yeah, we've, we've experienced some great community here, I pray that we would now pour that out. Some of us need to be poured into right now, God. Jesus, you are the source of living water. When we turn to one another, we always let each other down. Jesus, you will never let us down. You will never leave us You will never forsake us. So we come to you that we would be filled by you. Pour into us, Jesus. We are thirsty and in need of you. We are in need of some good relationships that will care for us, that will protect us, that will encourage us every day, that will lead us to follow you, Jesus. Provide. We ask. We ask you, Jesus. In your name, amen.